Hi, this is Ross Payton here with Roleplaying Public Radio. This is RPPR, episode 49, Morality Roleplay. And of course, with me, as always, is Tom. <laughs> Sorry, yes. I was lost in watching your mouth over-enunciate when you do the announcer voice. <laughs> yes, Tom. I was entranced by yes. it. That's the you're drawing be- attention to it. You're yeah. a beautiful person. Okay. Thanks, yes, Tom. You bet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, um... Not much news uh, going on here in RPR. We're, we're working we, a lot of things. We're, well, we are in the Midwest, the land of dirt, so nothing yeah, happens. Yeah, of course. Yeah, nothing not, nothing happens in the Midwest. Uh, my book, Road Trip, is still out, uh, still available. If you buy want. Ross's book. Buy my book. Buy my book. Um, it's a great book, and it's very entertaining. It's got two five-star reviews, and you should buy it. And I'm, an, and I'm a crazy scientist in Area 51. Exactly. It's a, it's a campaign for monsters. And Cody's a, Cody's a general in the Army. Yep. Um, it makes you weep. So if you're Springfield, there's going to be actually the Springfield Game Expo is uh, October 15th to 17th, and I'm going to try and run some games there. It's going to be at the Springfield Expo Center. And I just remembered this now. I, I should mention this to you. Yeah, earlier, you should. Tom. You should have. Um, you're but I'm going to be monster. doing some panels on podcasting and stuff, and mm-hmm. it's springfieldgame.com. And um, so yeah, I'll be I'll be buying road. Or I'll be playing running road trip, and I'll be doing podcast panels and you can talk to me and poke tom with a stick if he shows up uh, i might that sounds like a good cause yeah poke tom with a stick it's like the touch bolini uh, contest exactly from kids in the hall exactly you know should i wear a towel and nothing else no no wear like, like all for, wear for, like for the love of god wear, wear like gore-tex and like Gort. A wear, wear a hazmat suit tom well how they how would they know it's me well there'll be a little face thing for them to see your face Oh, I see. Yeah. We'll put a name tag on you, too. Oh, well, that makes everything better. <laughs> All right. Um, so also, Cody still has a new blog up, Popcum Chaos, and uh, he updates it pretty frequently. He even did a podcast of his own uh, for one episode. Of it's not minutes. RPPR. No, because he was, well, I mean, he was using my equipment, and I did help him with it, and I did show him how to do it. And, You're not uh, cheating on me with another podcast, are you, Ross? No, I wasn't in his podcast. I didn't care that much. I mean, he, he was on Good. Because if you ever left me, I'd just go crazy. (laughs) I would go insane. Uh, Well, I was going to announce that I'm going to California to be a big-time podcaster. Well, then I'd like to announce that at the end of this episode, I'm going to be killing Ross with an axe. Uh, But who's going to upload it? That's a good question. (laughs) Because that would require you to learn and know how to do that, Tom. And the joke is you don't. It's not really a joke, though. I know. The joke is... you. It's true. It's, it's the humor is in the truthfulness of yeah, it. The truthiness. Yeah. I like truthiness. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, Pop Gun Chaos. Check that out. There's a lot of pop chaos, pop culture chaos and stuff. And a gun. No, it's kind of a metaphorical gun. I don't know what the name means either. I didn't ask him. It's Cody. What can yeah. you expect? Exactly. Hi, Cody. He probably went crazy when he saw, uh, when he saw Dan eat the two double downs at once. Uh, I lost my mind at that God point. God damn it, Tom. I blotted that out of my now mind. Now it's back. Ugh, it's my like gift to you. cancer chicken. I mean, it's like <laughs> cancer chicken tumors. That's what it looked like, eating a chicken tumor. My gift to you. Uh, like I get just some Lovecraftian chicken that they hack pieces Dude, off. Dude, you should draw, this should be like a Lovecraft story based on the double down. Uh, I actually have an idea for a, to, uh, for a Call of Cthulhu scenario set in a meatpacking plant. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Bolt yeah, I, I I have read Upton Sinclair's The Jungle, Ross. Well, like with modern butchery tools, you know, like have you heard of yeah. lung guns and yeah. bolt guns and skull removers? Yes, and crap like that. Be pretty fucking awesome. Pretty gory. Yeah, it takes a certain kind of person to work in a meat packing plant. Yeah, desperate. Mm-hmm. And on meth. Meth helps. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, pretty sure that's probably in the in the uh, application. Like, are you on meth? No. Well, we're gonna need you to start. Yeah. Pretty much. So uh, anyway, uh, on for, uh, 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 so uh, moving on from the news to the main topic. Cause, uh, Over very quickly. Yeah. Um, main topic we're going to be talking about is role-playing alignments and morality. Uh, in, that, in the sense that uh, how do you deal with issues that arise from trying to role-play characters uh, that are undergoing difficult moral issues. And this, uh, you know, and obviously... Some classic- of you players out there may not have this problem since you have an entire crew of just psychotic, you know, monkeys. Right, or balanced human beings who understand basic... Ross, rule- Ross, let, let's leave the fiction out of this, please. <laughs> Come on. Uh, we're, we're horrible. 
people. But we're but we know what goes on. Yeah. Uh, anyways, the basic thing, the basic conflict is, you know, uh, the basic trope or the basic standard I think in role playing games is the the idea that you know someone who's role playing a good character and then does something evil and is, tries to justify it, you know, rationalize it somehow. And uh, but there's there's actually a lot of issues. I mean, it's come up in a lot of. Uh, for those of you who listen to our actual plays, uh, you know. Uh, you should play. if, if you don't public radio. Well, if you don't, and if you don't, you should. Well, if, if yeah, um, there have been a lot of uh, uh, controversies or issues that have come up. Uh, been mentioned in comments of pointing out certain uh, players who don't live up to what is moral or have very there you know issues that arise from alignment morality issues uh, in role playing. Um, you know, we're, we're not gonna. Yeah, I know everyone's got someone in mind, but we're we're not going to start with you know that. Well, well, I think that's good because everyone, if everyone does have a story in mind where that's right. happened. Um, well, I mean, among the RPG so you know, people, yeah, I think well, I think most gamers in general. I think know. the oh, I was talking about RPR AP fans who are probably thinking of one person in particular. Uh, uh, I'm talking about even people that aren't listening. Oh, I see. The people that will hear this through the ether by osmosis. They ether through osmosis. Yes. How does that work? I don't know, Ross. Is it a fucking miracle? It may very well be a fucking miracle. Like rainbows and giraffes? And fucking magnets? Fucking magnets. Uh, that's kind of an old meme by now. I know, but... I mean, but, it's only... Well, it's well, of like course, six well, months. Well, of course it's old in this in this The Year of Our Lord 2813. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's because RPPR, we're so late. God damn it, you people. And we're, and we're nothing... It was mo- ten hours of blah, blah, blah content every day. And we're nothing more than brains and jars. Not a machine. I can't just turn it on. Well, you are a machine now, Ross. All right. Okay. Ever since the conversion in 2512. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, so uh, I'd like to start, I'll share with one of my issues uh, of uh, uh, role-playing aligned moralities. I, Go I, on. Yeah. Uh, in the New World uh, Gaiden, uh, the sideverse, uh, it was a D&D game uh, set in the New World before Cody the ran that one, right? Yeah, Cody ran it. Uh, we were both playing it, Tom and I, and I played a priest. A cleric of Palor and a faithful priest yeah. of Palor. This was yeah, we were members of Cort- member of Cortez's original expedition, right? Right, right. And RJ was in it as too, and he plays a fire wizard. And at one point, RJ kills a whole bunch of natives for no good reason that I remember. So he's playing a good conquistador type, right? But like, we capture the rest of them, those that weren't killed out by the fire magic, and I tell them, you know, them, you need to tell me where your children are. So I can go save them because if you're all here with us and they'll starve to death because they're kids left alone in the wilderness and they're very angry. And I said, come on, we need to we need to help them, you know, and of mm. course, the obvious the implication is I'm going to convert them from whatever pagan thing well. of their own thing to uh, Paylor. You eventually would. Yeah. Well, well that- no, I, I was pretty blatant about it. It's like, you, you know, you, you guys are sinners and you're, you know. You're gonna be evil. We need to convert you to Paylor right away. So I was pretty upfront about it. But like, I was playing what my character would. I thought I thought I was role playing a good character in the sense, you know, obviously a very. Uh, everyone was like, "Oh my God, Ross is so evil." Uh. No, no, no. RJ was evil. Yeah. But uh, Cody and RJ, they both, and I think Dan, they were like, "Oh my God, you're like the evilest priest ever." You know, no, like no. The, PC the way ever. I saw it, you know, you. There was death all around you. You had, you know, that's that was unavoidable. Right. But you were offering all of them a way out where they could live. Right. Uh, well, and, not, and you weren't threatening to kill them. You were just telling them, "Look, this is what's going to happen." I don't remember if I, <clears throat> I, I can't categorically say I wouldn't, I wouldn't have threatened them. But I, I, I don't, don't think... I don't remember you threatening their lives. Yeah. Just well, more threat, threatening. Well, with... Listen to the AP to find out. Yeah. To me, as I remember, I think it was more just threatening through the truth. Yeah. That you know that like, the reality of your situation is. Yeah, we need to. We'll rescue your kids and we'll raise you. We're not going to release you, but, anyways, I was playing a hard ass and I was playing a missionary. So you know, I. So my character that would be my character's interpretation of what was good, you know, mm-hmm. and everyone else thought it was evil. So that's sort of like a issue that came up. It's like you know, I was I was doing the good thing at least at least to the understanding of my character. I mean, obviously, you know, being an enlightened twenty first century person, I realize, oh my god, I have cultural imperialism and but yeah, if you were a priest, if you were a priest in Cortez's the actual Cortez's landing in yeah. South in a, you know Mexico, yeah, yeah, it's as for you were doing the Lord's work, right? Um, 
so that so that that's my my first little anecdote mm-hmm. talking about that. Um, so Tom, you you know you you had a couple of uh, uh, why don't you go to mention like a um, you know obviously Aaron is sort of one of the the inspirations for this right. episode because he's a regular in our group and he has a very yeah. specific ideas about morality and uh, yeah they, well there's one in a game that we don't record yeah so I'll mention that one first and there's one that Ross and I should are both going to talk about in yeah. a minute. But the one where I'm running a Pathfinder game that's gone one session so far, yeah, it's I think it has potential maybe. Mm-hmm. But uh, Aaron, well, my, David, who's playing, he's playing a uh, necro, who's someone who's going to become a true necromancer and eventually a lich. And Aaron is playing a warforged, which is one of the few ways you, you can get him to play D and D. So he's and David's character was going down into these tunnels to where a ghoul uh, there's a ghoul artisan living below this city who create crafts things out of bones of bodies he's taken from a graveyard and has built this huge cathedral out of uh out of bones kind of like you know there's there's an actual real world example of this and also uh ossuary in uh eastern europe i can't remember the name they shot some of the D &D movie in it Mm -hmm. and uh aaron's in bone cathedral i'm sure you can find it on google yeah, and Aaron sees this cathedral and just goes bug fuck, saying that this is an abomination, this is evil, and the ghouls are the ghouls like calmly explaining to him, "Look, I haven't killed anyone. I just took these bodies over centuries and built this place." There's uh, like I mean, Aaron just you know like, "No, this the, the bones. Look at this. <laughs> this is a work of this is an abomination." And the ghouls actually, you know, th- this is a D and D undead ghoul, right? Yeah, it's just, and is trying, you know, like, look, they're trying to reason with him. And even David's doing the same thing, and Aaron just, you know, pretty much has to be led away ranting. Right. Because, you know, he was, this was still level one. What was his character? Uh, Warforged uh, fighter. Okay. And was he playing a zealot or a fanatic? Or well, anything? he was lawful good, which I don't, I don't think he quite gets the crusader part of lawful good. Well, I mean, I could see his point in one sense. If you had certain religious beliefs and you believe that, like, desecrating a, a person... I mean, certainly those dead people didn't give permission to the ghoul to, like, hey, go ahead and use my bones when I die. So, I mean, there is... You could say, you know, there is that sort of, like, using someone's body without permission. That, that That's kind of not, like, great. I mean, but it's certainly not, like... Uh, so I could see it at certain angles being, like... His character oh had no religion. Right. Yeah, if his character was not a religious character and didn't have any personal beliefs about that and didn't have, like, you know... In fact, I asked, like, what deity do you worship? Uh, none. I'm a warforged. Okay. Well, then he doesn't really have any, you know, if he do- doesn't believe in, like, that, he wouldn't have any sort of uh, deeply held it's beliefs just, that would indicate... That would, uh, that would uh, give him that kind of thing. So, yeah. No, it's just he thinks it's, e- he thinks it's evil. So. Which kind of, once again, falls that perception. Right. Um, well, there's, there's sort of like three major issues that I think sort of come up, you know, there is their, their perception. Um, and actually for you, you there is in the new world game, yeah. uh, in the Paragon tier, um, around session 14 or something like that, 14, 15, like in the sewers, um, you're talking to vampires, your group, the group mm-hmm. is talking to vampires and well, because the, of our need of to talk to all the monsters, right? And the vampires are—you you find them in their lair, and the vampires have blood dolls, humans that have been captured and are just used as, you know, spigots. Yeah, spigots basically. And they're not dead; they're not going to die instantly, but they are—you know—it's a pretty fucking horrible thing. I mean, it's—it's it's not good. And this isn't Vampire the Masquerade, where the blood sucking is actually yeah pleasing. No, no, no. This is D and D vampires, so they're pretty much dicks. Um, so, anyways, you guys make a deal with the vampires. And you go off, and you're a lawful good character. You're there. You see that, and you don't do or comment yeah. or say anything about it. Well, you don't even it, try to negotiate for the release. Like, one, I didn't. I wasn't even really following that there were blood dolls there. Right. So that's sort of a person. It, it missed your mind. You know, yeah. Missed, you, you just didn't notice it. I think we'd also just been we hadn't been through a combat. Right. So well, I th- no, it was well. Was it? I I can't remember, but yeah. No, I think you know. I think you're right. Yeah, there was a fight. So, yeah, but after that's over, I'm like, oh, good, we're back to the game now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there is sort of an issue there. Um, you know, and some people also pointed out Vashik really didn't do anything super lawful good during the campaign, except later on towards Epic tier. There are a couple things, but, like, he wasn't, like, a, you know, super exceptionally lawful good. Or, you know, what, what didn't go out on a limb. 
for his beliefs. I mm-hmm. think is what some viewers, listeners have pointed out. So, uh, but um, you know, just by talking about these issues, um, they're, they're sort of. It, it seems to me that there are three main th- points of contention, and like any given situation, can have multiple points of contention. One is the perception thing, like what you perceive in the game, what you you as a player perceive versus what other people perceive. Um, and then, of course, there is the the metagame reasons. For example, if you don't want to do something because you don't want to piss off another player, which is kind of what you know. There's a lot of that. That it seems in my often in the in the new world game with Vash, like the whole group has made the decision. Like, yeah, this is a good idea, right? And out of character, I agreed with them, but in character, I'm like, okay, I know there's no way Vashik would go for this, but every single player seems to have already made their decision that this is good. And if I play in character and go against this, it's just going to really screw everything up. Right. Um, so, yeah, there's that. And then, of course, there's, there's sort of the, the philosophical disagreements, uh, which is sort of like, I think in Aaron's case, he has he confuses his personal morality with that of his character. For example, my priest, you know, my, my mm-hmm. cleric, uh, I personally would not, you know forcibly convert people to you know uh, and you're, you're just a horrible monster yeah right? i'm not i'm not like a missionary i'm not a crusader and i wouldn't do you're just a I, beast i would i wouldn't think you know like tell me where your children are so i can convert them to my beliefs ha ah, you know um but my character obviously did and i i can do that i can hold that sort of dissonance between what my character believes and what i believe but i think a lot of people what they personally believe is what their character believes, regardless of the situation. And, and I think, well, that bleeds in regardless, I think, for, to a certain to, extent. To a certain extent, yeah, obviously. Um, and certainly, like, Aaron's case of the Bone Cathedral, I think he would probably... He personally found that repulsive, or, you know... you know. Well, just, I don't know. The thing is, I think if he actually went to that, you know, the actual Bone Cathedral, I don't... I think he'd be admiring the artwork. Right. Um, because yeah, those were those are actually done by Catholic monks uh, in the or during the Black Death because mm-hmm. they had an excess of bones. Well, well you you work with the medium you have. <laughs> yeah. Um. So you know, there there there's a lot of uh, and of course you know another example is obviously Aaron's Dark Sun character. Um, we haven't got to that's the one we haven't got to. Yeah. Yet. Um. I mean, there's there's sort of a a sort of inflex or. I think more of a metagaming reason. I'm, I'm not sure. Is like, and uh, in, in the first session, which is out, you can listen to it. Uh, Aaron's character, um, you know, the group well, is uh, in no, a caravan. We're, we're attacked by a Thrax. Yeah, an undead, a, an undead monster, and it kills you know a person. We we the group decides to burn the body. Well, I do. You do. And Aaron is very adamant about against it. Like, is yeah, runs it like, what what do you think you're doing? Yeah. It's which I'm I'm burning this body. Right. Because, uh, and the thing is, Aaron had not asked me what the funerary beliefs of the Dark Sun people were, what they believed in. You know, he didn't ask me if that was like a religious taboo or a societal taboo, a social moray against burning bodies. He just assumed it was and said that was evil or that was wrong or that was immoral to burn a body, you know. And mm-hmm. you were, you decided it wasn't. And, um, you know, but later on. Well, actually, I kind of think I think his thing, just my my opinion. I think he did that because I'm playing an evil character. Therefore, any act I make is evil, mm-hmm. or has some evil, dark, sinister purpose. Okay, so he's metagaming too. Yeah, I I, I kind of think that you know I know I could my character's point was this thing could rise as an undead. Not going to risk it into the fire. Right. Um. But later on, he sees Jason and uh, Cody. Actually, actually, we burn two bodies, and both times he right. But he, Jason and Cody torture an NPC for information because they think he's the 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 vampire. Proper torture. Yeah, and Aaron's hiding nearby, but he doesn't stop them. And uh, and I think the reason he gave was he didn't want to upset, you know, Jason and Cody. Right. Um, and so, you, you know, so these are the kind of situations that come up in games a lot. You know, like, what do you do when you have this kind of this dissonance between, you know, two players with their beliefs, two or more players with their beliefs or uh, with morality? Like, no, that was the right thing to do. That was the evil thing to do. Like, according to who, though? Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is obviously in some systems, it's more common or more important than others. 
for example, you know, Star Wars games, it's very important because of dark side points. Well, that's only if you're a force user. Um, really? I thought all no. char- I thought all characters no, had No, just force you because if you if you don't feel the force Well, it depends on the system too. Like there's several Star I've Wars. actually the, from what I've most seen unless you're a force user, that you dark side points are meaningless. Um, well, cuz no, I think in some version in well, iterations can, they can use them as luck points and stuff like that. Not what I've heard. But, I mean, there's different shifts. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. There's different. But from what, the, on the, the ones I've seen, it's unless you're a force user, that's meaningless. Hmm. Um, well, there's there's obviously and there's you know good and evil align alignment based weapons, magic. Mm-hmm. Um, characters have certain codes of conduct that right. they get experience penalties. But may I just briefly just jump in and say that I think the, the alignment system in Palladium also really sucks. Oh, really? I do. And why do you think that, Todd? Well. The good alignments are principled, scrupulous, and basically unprincipled, which is more one of their selfish alignments. But my problem is when they describe, I mean, principled is like the Superman, strong moral type. Mm-hmm. Scrupulous they describe as the one who I act outside, but I, I act outside, but always do the best thing. The the examples they give were Charles Bronson from the Death Wish movies. Um, yeah, part of that alignment is never, you know, never kill always attempt to bring them in alive uh for every moment i saw that uh no 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 (laughs) this was even before i mean this was before i'd even seen the charles bronson death wish movie kill count video which you should watch yeah well i we we i'm talking to to, to our listeners ross oh yes you can you can google that google's the uh and uh then there's unprincipled and anarchist are their two selfish alignments Mm mm-hmm which I there's practically no difference between them. No, anarchists is a lot worse from what I remember. But not in the actual like anarchists believe torture is okay. Like that's that's a pretty big thing, Tom. Yeah, but, and then the, it's then <laughs> the, their evil ones are miscreant, diabolical, uh, uh, aberrant. Ab- miscreant, ab- aberrant, and diabolic. And miscreant and diabolic are pretty much identical. No, miscreant is selfish. Diabolical is like you know Hannibal fucking Lecter. Not even Hannibal Lecter. Like Hannibal Lecter is more average. Once, uh, not in the description. Yeah, Tom. Do you want me to get a plating book out? They had beliefs. They had they had lists of things that was okay. They had commandments and shit. Miscreant was selfish and uh, self-centered. Uh, diabolical was total fucking evil, and aberrant was honorable evil. And so miscreant, diabolical, like diabolical were sadists and you know like killers. Miscreants were like me, 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 just greedy little bastards. Yeah, they're still crap. Well, they are crap. They're very specific codes of morality meant to encompass all of belief systems throughout the universe for and all w- species. And once again, Palladium epically fails. In the multiverse. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Um, they're pretty bad. So, anyways. Um, I had to say that. Okay. Well, I mean, you're uh, wrong on a few factual issues, but that's okay. You know. Perhaps it's because I haven't picked up a Palladium book in years. Yeah, no, we, we played Palladium earlier this year. Or late last year, remember? I almost blotted that out of my mind. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I remember now, Ross. Yeah. Yes, thank you for bringing that back in my head. Okay. It's me playing a little a mink with a strength of over 30. Yeah, we haven't posted that yet, have I? No, you haven't. I think it's in the APA. Well, we're just going on a tangent. But um, anyways, how do you deal with these issues? Uh, well, that's the that's the question at hand. I think, and I think the main thing is the way uh, I felt I should have handled the uh, vampire thing. Is this, you know, just... Which would I said, hey, Ross, let's just... Pause for a second here, mm-hmm. and then tell them, you know, just tell them to their face. Look, this there's no way Vosh would agree to this plan, All right? Um, and you know that if he acts the way he she should, the vamp it's going to be a battle with the vampires now. Actually, I disagree with you on that um, because the right the right path doesn't always mean that you have to take a given course of action. I don't believe morality dictates that. Well, we, the thing is, it's basically there's no way Vosh would go along with this. Well, no, I think there you could make the... No, because I think he could have. Uh, there are, there could have ways. For example, he could have decided, I'll go along with it for now, then I will go get Mordecai, the Crusaders, and I'll come back and I'll liberate those fuckers. Be, you know, deceiving the enemy is okay, especially if you're a military character, because that's an important military tactic. Uh, another thing, he could have tried to buy them. You know, literally just like, I'll pay for them. Give me to them. You know, how much do you want for them? I'll just Which, buy. of course, specifically, they're just going to take more later. Well, or three, he could have negotiated with them, saying, uh, I'll give you convicted murderers instead if you, you know, promise not to attack innocent people. 
um, you know, trying to reach some compromise. Or four, he could have tried to come back later by himself and rescue him all by his lonesome, you know, be a Batman. I mean, I don't. I mean, I think I think that's the thing is a, a lot of games. Um, people think that morality dictates what their tactics should be, you know, what they're given mm. like options are. Morality should dictate what your goals are. You're in what the results should be, but how you get them is, you know, I think you have a much more wide, uh, wider latitude. You know, it depends on how you're role playing your character. You know, if he, w- if Fashik was a belligerent, impulsive, like I shall do the right thing now, and I can, you know, then yeah, I could see that. But if he was a pragmatic, deep thinking strategist, I could see him being like, eh, I'm going to be a little more of a crafty. Yeah, that's also has, but then you have to, your player has to be. You know, smart thinking and prag- and you know, right, and pragmatic too. But and often, and often, I'm not that. Well, I I mean, uh, you know, I, you talk the other players out of character, you know, mm-hmm. and they could have given you advice or suggestions. Um, but I think a lot of people, and I've seen this time and time and time again, they think that my morality dictates that my only option is this. They don't try and think that you know, in real life, people have a lot of different ways of expressing their morality for example by your logic schindler should have you know blown up his arms factory and taken out two pistols and started shooting nazis you know like now that's just ridiculous yeah i mean that would make a badass movie. two thompson submachine yeah. guns ross <laughs> okay yes exactly um riding a t-rex <laughs> riding a t-rex but schindler you know was good you know and he worked with the nazis he built weapons for the nazis and because uh, no, he didn't build weapons. I thought it was armaments. Like, uh, uh, no, it was shells. No, stuff. it was uh, tank shells or whatever. No, it wasn't. It wasn't it, armaments. Was what he was, what he was going to do later. Mm-hmm. But in actuality, his armament factory never produced a single weapon. Okay. No, it was like a. Uh, I don't want to say like a polymer t- polymer factory. Okay. Well, I mean, anyways, it was, it was basically pretty... it was it was vital war material, just not armaments. Okay. Well, I mean, still the point remains. I mean, he provided material aid and brought the... and he paid them huge bribes. And... Right. So. Schindler was good, even and also though he ho- and also Nazi. hobnobbed with the with Nazi elite. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of players wouldn't have like you know like well you can't deal with Nazis that's evil you know and well yes but it's you know he's saving a lot of lives too so morality is a very complex thing. Uh, there's a lot of ambiguity and amb- complexity, and people, I think, players try and reduce it down too much into a binary choice. Team good does this. Team evil does this. It's either you know, using orphans as target practice while standing on top of a mountain of burning corpses, uh, while your demon minions, you know, destroy uh, all that is good and, you know, eat puppies, you know, mm-hmm. having a bowl of puppy, you know, <laughs> puppy souls, you know, that, that, that's your, Ross, that's ridiculous. Puppies don't have souls. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or, uh, and ripping the heads off of kittens and penguins, you know, uh, mm-hmm. for fun. Um, while well, Team Good, you know, prances with unicorns and uh, uh, refuses to, and gives manicures to lepers and you know shit like that. You know, there's there's just people think that those. I, are I the... want to. I'm just trying to picture that in my head right now. <laughs> Do you like my descriptions? Are they? they, they uh, like... As long as you threw in Oscar Schindler riding a T Rex. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> with two with two Thompsons. Okay. <laughs> That was more you, Tom. That was what. Well, you... not even Oscar Schindler. I'm, I'm I'm seeing Liam Neeson in my head do that. Okay, well, that's that's how he would be portrayed in the movie. Obviously, we just need yeah, or, to get that time machine. Or working. Liam Neeson go, go, going, you know, having Hitler on the phone saying, "If you let the Jews go now, I will not hunt you." <laughs> <laughs> Schindler's List Three: The Bloodening. Um, <laughs> like, that'd be great. Like you know, it's like I will not pursue you, but if you continue killing the Jews, I will find you. And I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's sort of the thing, you know. It's like, um, don't confuse an issue of morality. I mean, sometimes it is like, you know, a stark moment. You only have one or two choices. But not always. And in like, especially in an open-ended situation like the vampires, um, there are a lot of different ways to express your morality. And I mm-hmm. think you need to keep that in mind whenever you're dealing with a complex issue. Uh, is try and think of your options. It also depends on your mindset set at the time. Well, I mean, I mean you know, if you're really thinking ahead, I probably would have done more of that. Right. But, you know, talk to the other players out of character. I think you're right. You know, take a break, go out of character, uh, and think about, you know, what are other possible options. Uh, or talk to other people and get suggestions. Um, but I think the main thing is obviously, um, since morality issues also tend to be what cause a lot of player versus player conflict, 
Well, even some of the really good ones, too, like me and Cody. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying early on is you have to have your priorities in straight, you know, like one. Can you do you trust your group to handle PVP stuff without, you know, going out of hand? A lot of groups can't, you know, just be we did did an episode on PVP. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like we mentioned, some groups can handle it. Some groups can't. I'm sure you've been in groups where many times you like especially the more headstrong and. You know, more headstrong people, the group who hate having people disagree with them. Right. Where group harmony is like much, is very fragile and very easily broken. Yeah. I've been in groups. It's taken just one thing. Yeah. To set someone like, you know, fuck it. I'm out of here. Right. And, you know, with the RPPR group, we're very, very not, group harmony is very resilient. We're very, very. Yeah. I I can't, you know, I can't even really think of any, any recent moments. Well, I, with with the group. Aaron and Jason. Aaron and Aaron. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, too. Aaron and Jason in the Dark Sun game. Several times. Well, Aaron wouldn't let it go all the way, though. Well, yeah, that's No, true. he can't stand that. Oh, he doesn't like open-ended conflict? No. Okay. Not, if you're listening to this, Aaron, I'm not putting <laughs> you down. I'm just saying you don't like that kind of thing. Okay. All right. Then again, I told you, this is also the same person that when he plays Knights of the Old Republic or any Star Wars games, he cannot play a dark side game. I mean, to be honest, I usually go like good characters in those types of games, mainly because it seems to me that game designers make the good characters a little more powerful. Like, oh, you don't get as much money if you do it the good question, but you get an awesome bonus or super weapon because they're well, so great. Well, I think my problem with those is there's very little middle ground in most of those games. You either have to be, you know, Baron Von Saint of the righteousness patrol giving manicures to lepers yes or is a unicorn yes or you're you know mounted corpses or or, or you're reaching or you're reaching you know you're killing pregnant orphans orphans for target practice yeah you know and making salt shakers out of the remains there you go yep yes i shall cremate you and use your ashes as salt (laughs) and your soul yeah exactly i collect souls that's what i do i'm evil just like, so here's, here's my evil badge. I have tied a hundred women to her. I totally grinded evil, man. I tied 500 women to railroads, <laughs> tracks, and stuff. I think got a bullet train coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's just gross, Tom. Anyways. It's called the murder train. So the question is, you know, what are your priorities? Uh, what is the most important thing to you in gaming? Is it... Group uh, cohesion? Yeah, group cohesion. In which case, you kind of need to metagame a little more. Um, or role playing, or well, role playing, or like your character. You know, like if you've been playing a character for a long time, and your character has a chance to do a foolhardy thing that would be very good. But you know, like uh, this kind of a this is Sparta moment. Mm-hmm. Like I'll stay back to save you all. Like you really want to do that? Like you do really re- want to lose? A lot of people don't want to lose in an RP. You know, you can't yeah. lose. But now, granted, don't... in D anD D, the death of a character that's hardly a permanent thing. Well. <laughs> Still, like, you guys at Dark's like, oh, my God, my character got dropped to see your hit point. Well, that's also just fun to do that with you, Ross. Oh, I see. You know. Trust me, normally if we're bitching about a combat, it's because we're also just bitching at you. Oh, because it doesn't matter if it's easy or it's, We're poking the horrible monster, Ross. That's oh, what we're doing. Oh, I see. I see, I see. Uh, that, 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 that's nice. Don't take it personally. <laughs> um, so, you know, again, what do you want? Like, do you want to... Take a stand and have a dramatic role playing moment where you say, oh, "No, this is wrong. I shall fight. I shall yeah. do the right thing." But yeah, and if you know your groups and uh, are good role players, then go for it. Right. But yeah. if you know, well, be- I mean, like you, you, you're you'd be very good role playing, but like you didn't want to take a stand on your own, like in the New World campaign, like you just said, like you bat, you didn't want to go against the entire group, you know, for. Uh, like I'm sure, like the group, like I'm. Do you think if you did take a stand by yourself that the group would have killed you or like turned against you? Because like, I don't uh, think they would have. I mean, I think. Well, uh, it depends on the composition of the group at the time. Well, I mean, the New World campaign. I'm thinking of you know that that group. The group. Well, RJ, you know, like yeah, he would have, but like the other players wouldn't have. No, I know. Well, Dan and Bill would have plotted behind my back. Right, but they wouldn't have like you know killed or exiled your character. I mean, you could have taken a stand, and you know it would have been very dramatic. I'm sure characters did. did but I think it's really at that time I just didn't want to deal with it. Right. So okay, I mean that's fair. Um, so again, you have to think what's your priority. You are you here to game to have fun and just relax, or do you really want to be like have this dramatic, memorable? Yeah, Sparta actually, I, I think as I remember with with that vampire thing, I was just more anxious to move on. Mm-hmm. And you know, honestly, sometimes you gotta if you have a good story going. Yeah. 
you just were like I'd like I'd really like to move on and see where we're going to go with this. Yeah. I mean, and cuz you can't do all things in role playing at the same time. I mean, you can't have you know, the perfect game with super awesome, you know, perfect role playing and great, absolute great characterization. Everything's absolutely perfect all the time. I mean, you have to make your choices, you know, what what's more important to you? Yeah. You know, relaxing, having a good time and shooting a breeze with your friends or, you know, being taking it very seriously and doing this kind of thing. Because, um, so, yeah, it, you know, it, it's fine. And that's another thing. It's okay to be, to not, like totally be in sync with your character's alignment or whatever it's okay to make immoral choices or not amoral choices or two moral choices or you know whatever choices you know i would say uh do it because it's a game yeah do what you think is going to be fun yeah usually i mean like you know we don't want to be like i'm going to be a dick all the time well, okay do what you think is fun and what could make the group have the most fun yeah 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 group cohesion and harmony is pretty important um you know, I would say, though, for a lot of people, though, again, I think a lot of the morality issues come from people just having a lack of awareness of what their options could be or what they can do. Or, you know, because um, people if you look, if you study history, you see people do a lot of different things when, when you know, confronted with moral dilemmas, you know, because this happens all the time in real life. Um, so try and you, you, you can stand up, you can try and negotiate, you can work around it. Um, you can retreat from it. I mean, I, I, I just, you know, for those of you out there, like, what do you think? Post in the comment sections about, or on our forums about, uh, what you think, uh, RPG morality should be, how important it is to you, uh, and what kind of issues you have. We'd be like in the next episode, we'll be happy to answer any questions you might email. Which, or... uh, oh, just to, just to let you know, our next episode is the 50th. I know. So it's crazy. We're going to talk about, uh, having tea, tea ceremonies. That's all there is. is... And vaginal teeth. No. Yes, Ross. No. Yes. No. I've got a book and everything. I, <laughs> I'm going to read some of my favorite passages out of Vaginal Teeth, a guide. No, that's that's not a thing. That's, it's a thing, Ross. No, it's not. It's a thing. No. It's horrible. You're... No. You ruined it. Ah. I'm an evil alignment, Ross. You... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, you are. That's role-playing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Tom doesn't have a letter, because Tom forgot... Well, yes, that's because, oh, what the hell, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I was working today, Aww, poor Tom. and I wrote it at work, but I left the notebook at the office. Yeah. I am a horrible, horrible human being. You are. But I'm not a monster like Ross. Aww. Yeah. Aww. I am a human being. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back with anecdotes and shout-outs and all that. Crap. As Ross just sits here with a dead expression on his face. Uh... All right. And we're back. Normally this would be when we come back from my letter, but since I'm a forgetful bastard, look at me. You are. Jesus Christ, Tom, look at you. I know. I'm terrible. Oh, Jesus. It's just... I'm just, not even a human being anymore. No, you're like protoplasm or something. I'm crank, climbed out of the ocean. I am part of the primordial ooze. Yeah, jeez. Not even the good part. Like the, the really crappy part. Yeah, the, which led to all the stuff that went extinct. No, it led to like algae and like... Hey, we need algae toe, on this planet. Toe jam and like... Toe, that's not even a thing. Like toe fungus. Yeah. You're need. descended from toe fungus now. You need us. <laughs> you no. need fungus. No, not that type. Anyway, um, so shout outs. So uh, why don't you start us off there, Tom? Yeah, sure. I, uh, You know me and my thing about stand-up comedy. Well, I picked up another winner that I feel I should inform you about. It is Brian Regan, who is a favorite of mine. And his DVD, it's not new, but not ancient, uh, The Epitome of Hyperbole. Yeah. It's uh, very much more of his comedy that I really like, especially when he ends with a section about the uh, U.S. spy that was captured and convicted named Brian Regan. Yeah. Same spelling, same everything. Okay. That's that's how he ends this, that particular DVD, and it's a very good ending. Ooh. Yeah. Wow, aren't you special? 
Anyways, uh, my first shout-out is for a video game, video game that has been making the rounds on the interwebs. Um, I don't know if you've heard about it, Tom. It's becoming very popular. It's become sort of a cult little favorite of some people. It's called Minecraft. And uh, Can't say it rings a bell. Why don't you tell me about it, Ross? It's a computer game. Uh, it's still in development. It's still in alpha. Uh, but what it is is it randomly generates a world uh, with, like, you know, water and mountains and trees and pigs. Things a world has. Yeah. And uh, you are given, uh, it's all like in these large blocks. It's kind of like Legos, only they're moving mm-hmm. and alive and stuff. And uh, you punch trees to gather wood blocks. Then with wood blocks, you make a wooden bench, a workbench. From the workbench, you make a pick, a wooden pick. From the pick, you can start, you know, make, gathering stone blocks from the mountain. And then by that time, the night's falling, so you make it, you make a little crude shelter, and you fucking hide until day because the monsters come out at night and they'll fucking eat your ass, especially the fucking creepers who run up to you and blow up. Fucking creepers! They're not, they're like gonna kill you then, are they? they they're they're they, not gonna eat you. No, they'll just kill you. They'll blow you up. They'll Those fuck bastards. you. Bastards! And then you uh you get out and kill, you start digging. Mean, eat, eat what you kill! My God. Yeah. And then you make more stuff, and that's that's pretty much it right now. Is you make stuff and you try not to die, and it's, wasn't that pretty much life? Yeah, it's insanely, it's very fun. Uh, it was free last weekend, so I got to try it out. It's multiplayer and single player. Uh, there are many different modes for it. People in like, there's different modes too. Like, there's just a builder mode where you can just build things, mm-hmm. and it's just stacking blocks up. And so people have made like a model of Earth. Uh, and then they have little things that have logic circuits in them. So people have made uh, mechanical computers and calculators in Minecraft through wooden blocks and stuff. That's a lot of free time. It's amazing. This shit is insane. And, uh, whoa. whoa. And it's only like $13 right now. So like it's really not very expensive. Mm. Um, so you should get that video game. If you like Dwarf Fortress and... Well, no, it has a. It actually has graphics. So, so it's something like that dwarven dig game that Chris bought. That's a board game, Tom. Yes, I know, but it's nothing like that then. No, because it's I think a board game. We, we we tried to figure it out for forty five minutes and just gave up. It's a board game, Tom. I'm making it. Fuck you and die, God, <laughs> Ross. I try to make a joke and uh, well, Tom, I'm going to use logic on your joke. <laughs> I know. Uh, you had another one. Yes, thank you for yeah. telling me that. Yes, actually. Uh, Many of you might know that I really love America the Book, the audio book, which came out... Well, actually, just the book, which came out in 2004. And who's it created by? Uh, John Stewart. No. It's The Daily Show. The Daily Show with John Stewart presents. With John Stewart, yes. There's like 80 writers on it. Well, there's, well they're putting out a new book now. Yeah. Simply called Earth. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like John, like The Daily Show. Earth. Yeah. And um, I haven't read it yet. I don't even know. I think it's out now. I it is. I've actually seen it. I haven't picked it up, but I, I don't. I have picked it up. I don't need to. I look. haven't bought it. I've picked the book up physically and, and touched it. You've held it. I've held it. Wonderful. It is. It's pretty. And good. Uh, I will say, I've never. I haven't even looked at it, but I'm. I know I'll love it. Okay. It's the, I love the Daily Show. So I'm sure we'll listen to the audiobook too. On the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next Gen Con. Yeah. Hell yeah. Or okay. All right. That's my uh, number two. Why don't you go again, Ross? I will. Uh, a Dirty World, which is the, ah, Greg, yes. the uh, RPG put out by Greg Stoles. Uh, a film noir-inspired RPG. You can listen to an actual play of it on the site right now, on the RPPR AP site. Uh, but for those of you who are not wanting to listen to the three-hour game, um, it's a film noir game where characters have qualities and uh, identities. And the thing, what's interesting is your qualities can change during gameplay. In fact, they change frequently. Mm-hmm. You can slide them like they're opposing diametrical, like your your purity and your corruption are opposed stats. And your it, it there's a lot of elegant game mechanics that, that I'm not going to explain because it would take too long yeah. to explain them all. But in essence, people who attack your corruption, try and seduce you, for example, can slide your purity away and add to your corruption or vice versa you know if they're trying to appeal to your better side and uh or they can reduce it altogether and you can slide your own traits around for example if you know you're going to uh have to beat somebody up uh who is you could raise your courage and lower your wrath your wrath is for beating up inferior opponents courage is for beating up superior or equal opponents so um you slide these character traits around during the gameplay and um you can gain them, and uh, it's again everything's about you know 
film noir issues, you know, corruption, cynicism, taking a stand in a dirty world, and lots of morality stuff. Uh, the buyout, the scenario I ran, was full of morality and, you know, dark cynicism. And, and shotguns. And shotguns, yes. Um, so, yeah, that is what I will recommend next. And my next one actually uh, actually is, a, is related to that. Uh, in the game we played, which is posted up, I played a lawyer, a very sleazy... Racist. Racist lawyer. And I got a lot of my inspiration because uh, just a few days before we ran this game, I had watched a uh, movie, Citizen Cone, which was an HBO original movie about Roy Cohn, who is uh, who was McCarthy's chief counsel. It's just really good movie. I really love that era in history. So it's... Uh, it was. I was already, you know, like of course it's James Woods playing the character, so I'm. A, I like James Woods. Yeah. So uh, it's. It's yeah. You know, not. It's not that hard to find. I mean, I'd much rather, um, if I may make another impromptu shout out here. Fine. Uh, but documentary called Point of Order. Okay. Which is all about just the uh, the Army McCarthy hearings. Point of order. It's extremely hard to find. I found two copies on Amazon for about. Two hundred dollars each. Wow. Yeah, it's and it's not really it's a film. It's not really a documentary. More of a film, just using all kinds of footage from the Army McCarthy hearings. Oh, okay. You know, put together. So. So uh, how did you watch it? Um, I uh, I actually managed to I managed to find a copy from a friend of mine okay. at, at my office. Oh, nice. Of course, he said, "Yeah, you can watch this. I want it back the next day." Uh, okay. So um, it's. If you can find it, buy it. If you can find it, yeah. I, 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 I've looked for it on Netflix. I can't find it or anything mm. like that. But if you can get a hold of it, check it out. I mean, it's just all footage from the Army McCarthy hearings. Cool. Which, as they said in America, the book, the audio book, as we listen to, you know, like, it's just like during these, Americans got a, the first-hand look at the inner workings of the U.S. government. This made people very, very sad. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, next up, I have a uh, film noir. Uh, a French film called Rafifi. Uh, you mentioned this to me. Yeah, w- uh, directed in, 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 in 1955, and actually, surprisingly enough, to connect to what you were saying, mm-hmm. it was directed by uh, Jules Besson, who also directed The Naked City, and at that point in time, he had been blacklisted. He was a blacklisted uh, writer and director. I actually think uh, he, not him himself, but in Citizen Cone, I think there's an actor playing him and um, he was blacklisted in, I think, 1952 or 1953 and spent the next couple of years trying to make movies in Europe. But the U.S. government would actually fuck with him to get his movies not made, like to cancel his movies or whatever. And he finally got made one in France. And it's based on this trashy film no- uh, crime novel, called, also called mm. Rafifi. Uh, but he basically turned it into this elegant heist movie with incredible acting, dialogue, uh, shots, you mm-hmm. know, cinematography, uh, it's just a great, great movie, and it's a there's a Criterion DVD of it out, and um, I highly recommend, it, especially if you're going to run a dirty world, because it really gets you into the film noir mood. Yeah. So uh, it's French, it's great. It's got like this really long heist scene in where they're robbing a jewel store and there's no music, there's very little sound, there's no dialogue, it's just them doing it. And surprisingly enough, the movie Rafifi was actually banned in several countries after its release because like uh, thieves in Mexico and several other countries actually used what they saw in the movie to rob stores. <laughs> so they actually did. It's actually based on a real robbery. Like we competed mm. for it. It's great. They, there was actually a real robbery in like 1906 or something like early 20th century uh, where they, that they copy from for this movie. Um, so yeah, Rafifi. Yeah. yeah no one's going to watch oceans 11 and try to copy that one. No, because that shit is dumb. I like it though, but, well, Rafifi was realistic. Yes, thank you, Ross. And it's a better movie. Shut up. It is. Shut up. Anyways, uh, let's see here. Do, 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 do. You still had one. Well, kind of. Um, you wanted to mention uh, Ian. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I did. Anyway, yeah. Now I was about to shout out just an act of thanks to uh, Ian Moody and Violet Kirk, two uh, artists we met at Gen Con. We've... Artful Shrapnel, actually, on the forums. They were actually doing a whole lot of artwork for me. And I told them I was totally going to mention them again, and I completely am. 
If you need like character portraits or anything like that, they're really awesome and really good at getting getting it to you pretty quick. Yeah. So we're gonna, I'm we're totally gonna link up to their both of their respective DeviantArt sites. I recommend them fully, <laughs> and you right. will respect them. Yeah. No. They've also done a lot of what you you failed to mention that they've done a I lot. Figured, of, no, I didn't. I figured you'd jump right in and okay. say say your piece uh, for the RPPR New World PDFs. Uh, in fact, Ian did the layout for the Codex of War, which is why it looks so great compared to the first two, which are just crap because I laid them out. You suck. I'm a and horrible you're... monster. Anyways, they did a lot of, a lot of art, cover art, uh, interior art, uh, just great stuff. Postcards for a road yeah, they trip. Did several postcards for a road trip. So uh, they're just swell. So they're fantastic. Uh, and finally, though, there is I do have one last shout out. Uh, es Posthumous. Um, they do uh, cinematic music, and they don't do it for specific movies. They just do the genre of cinematic or you know score yeah. music like this 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 is stuff you could imagine in a movie yeah and uh tom's listened to some of it like the see their, their album makara uh they have another one out i can't remember it off the top of my head but anyways i'll link to their stuff on amazon so if you want yeah, let's just say good I'll, music for a game a cinematic game and you're not recording it so you don't have to worry about copyright uh you should listen to es posthumous yeah, and let's. I said when we were driving, I found myself actually the car accelerating on its own <laughs> as I'm unconsciously responding to it. Yeah. So yeah, it's if it's affecting you subconsciously like that, it's good. That's good shit. It is. So finally, we have anecdotes. Anecdotes. Why don't we? Yeah. Well, we do. But yeah, anecdotes. How you doing, Tom? I think you're tired, Ross. No, I'm just great. I'm super. You're it just not. feels weird having my wisdom teeth out. Oh, yes. Ross had his wisdom teeth out. Yeah. Last and he week. still has them. Yeah. They're, like, disgusting and evil. I, <laughs> yeah. Like, we'll put, we'll get, people contribute a lot to the rest so they can get one of my teeth. No. That would just be weird. You'd totally go along with that if you it Depends on how much they offered, like, you know. For talking, like, you know, a thousand bucks per teeth? Per tooth? <laughs> yeah. I... I Yes, I would. That would you pay for the oper- that would pay for the surgery in the first place. Like, yeah, hey, you, you want some more? <laughs> yeah, I got twenty eight left in here. Yeah, you probably actually make it. How ne- much are full dentures? Like, <laughs> what's my cost benefit ratio here? Yeah, um, you could get metal teeth. Exactly. I can get. I can get. You know, RPPR and letters. You know, diamonds. And the swords have titanium teeth. Well, I don't want that. I want some bling. I want some chrome. I want it chromed up, Tom, so I can be a cyberpunk. <laughs> Yes, yes, you would. And some cocaine. You need some cocaine to make that cyberpunk. Yeah, real cocaine, not that cyber cocaine. Not that not, neo- the, not the synth coke. Not the neo-cocaine, yeah. Um, from Neo-Jamaica. Uh, so anyways, uh, Dark Sun. We've been playing... Uh, the Dark Sun campaign um, is featuring rotating GMs, and Cody's taking the reins for the second adventure. So I get to play, which is great. So uh, Ross doesn't get to do that very much. I'm playing a... Foppish, uh, uh, aristocratic, uh, psionic, uh, an ardent from the fourth head class, the defender leader type. And I am, uh, you know, going around. We're all being sort of bastards in the city. kind of. Except Aaron. Well, I mean, we're all doing our own thing. So it's kind of fun to uh, uh, listen to see what people are doing uh, or saying in there. You know, I'm, you know, well... I remember the first action is I took uh, bets to see if Aaron would defeat Jason in a battle or something. I took you up on it. Yeah, you won, bastard. I know. Um, Obey the bug. Yeah. So <laughs> it's uh, it's been a fun game. So any particular highlights for you, Tom? I gotta say, I think just in a you know you'll eventually see just when we're we have essentially the day to ourselves. Oh, yeah. And we all go our separate ways. This is true. And each of us gets up into mischief. Yeah. For instance, um, I, something I'm proud of, go to the slave, where it was uh, not Tyr, but another city-state we went to. Uruk. Uruk, that was it. The military city-state. And uh, I purchased a slave and turned him, loose, turned him loose outside the city gates and hunted him down. And then it was stolen from you because there's a giant fucking monster waiting to eat you both. Mm-hmm. And you barely ran away with your life. Well, yes, I also, I follow the code. You don't have to be the fastest, just faster than the other guy. Right, but... And, I and lesson number two, the, the real lesson here, Tom. Don't go out into the wilderness by yourself. It's dark here. You may be eaten by a... What is it? Silkworm, Ross. No, well, yeah, it was silkworm. A grew. You might be eaten by a grew. 
Uh huh. Yeah. The you path ever play Zork? No. The path is gray. God, you need to respect. Uh, anyways, Mike, actually, my favorite moment was the dinner party because Cody had another dinner party. Oh, yeah. Into. So we were all together mingling, being bad. Oh, God damn it. Yeah, I had one of those. I had a really ironic moment with my dude. Yeah. Well, you go first. Um, well, actually, I think the the parties we the the it was actually a heist. We were we were mm-hmm. trying to steal a metal sword from the mantle uh, place, and um, there's also this disease that's broken out in the city, and everybody's scared about getting getting sick. So after some of my compa- the other players steal the sword, a couple of nobles see that, and they're like, "Oh my god, thief, thief!" And I'm like, "What? Hey, what's going on? What's going on? I think I saw a thief. Yeah, but I just saw people getting sick. You need to get out of here. You're sick. But there's a thief there." You know, I heard. You, yeah, no, I heard uh, hallucinating is one of the symptoms of the disease. Are you sure you're okay? And they're like, "Oh God, oh God!" And they run away because I just yeah. made them convinced that they're going to die. And I, a, and I'm one of the nice guys a, in the game. And and me, a people eating bug, mm-hmm. ended up saving like six lives from the disease. Yeah, because you're a druid and you have an awesome. And basically, and this one, and I was just trying to get, I was just trying to get away, and you know, I suddenly two people start getting sick. I'm like, Oh god! And, and you know, like one of the captains of the guard came up, like, like wait, so these people, like these people are like sick. Can you help them? Like, you're a druid, aren't you? Oh god, damn it! <laughs> and I couldn't leave until I, I, and I succeeded crazy well on all my heal checks. So I, the you know, cannibalistic bug monster, ended up saving six people from death by this disease, and was hailed as you know, like hailed as a as a, you know. A, Savior to people, like, uh, and I walked away actually ashamed of myself. <laughs> I mean, I was tr- I was trying to rationalize in my head, like, well, something must be up if the wilds allowed these to survive. I, I, then of course, there's all idiot, idiot. Nice, nice. I was doing a, I was doing a little Napoleon Dynamite there, like freaking idiot. <laughs> um, wow, there's a morality lesson for you. Yeah, like get the fuck out, or you end up, ma- or you might end up saving people's lives. I know. God damn it. Yeah. Terrible, terrible, terrible. I'm not a good evil person either. Nope. Actually, you could have done, you could have justified it by saying, well, I've gained uh, their favor, so I can exploit that later on. Yeah, well, this was on the way home. I, I've since rationalized it. Yeah. But just the walk back to the hotel we were staying in. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Cody can role play a giant bird. Yes, yeah, there's a chocobo in the game, and he is, uh, Cody's very good at role playing that. Cody's just crazy good at role playing shit. Yep. It's a fun. It's a fun game. I'd say we will so. post it soon. Yes, yeah, much like the blizzard soon. Whenever people ask when's when's this blizzard product going to come out, and they always say soon. Yeah. Just which really means fuck all y'all. Yeah, because we're blizzard. We make we make more money than God. Because we <laughs> we are God. Yeah. All but right. Because like, we have we have the world of Warcraft, the thing that you need. Yeah. Yeah. How good are they? What's their alignment? Chaotic greedy, am I right? <laughs> yes, Ross. Okay. And with that, we'll uh, leave. We shall depart. Episode 49, Morality Roleplay. We'll see you back here at 50.